As of March 13th, eight cases of the COVID-19, otherwise known as the coronavirus, have been confirmed in Kentucky. Although no cases of the virus have been reported in Davis County, the Green River District Health Department is one of the local health agencies that would react if the virus reaches one of its seven counties. We talked to Public Health Director Clay Horton about the coronavirus and the role the health department would play in a local outbreak. Stay with us. This is Inquire. From the Mystery Inquirer, I'm Don Wilkins. In the wake of the coronavirus, I reached out to Public Health Director Clay Horton, who talked candidly and expertly about the virus, which has now been classified as a pandemic by the World Health Organization. Hey, Clay. This is Don. How you doing? I'm good, Don. How about you? All right. Um, I appreciate you uh, taking the time to, to talk to me for the, for the podcast. Sure. Uh, so as we speak, they just announced that they're canceling the NCAA tournament over the coronavirus. Uh, I mean, I, you can't get much bigger than, than that this time of year. And so, uh, I mean, was this something that you were – Anticipating? Well, uh, I guess I feel like everything that I say about in response to this, uh, I always have to uh, preface with saying that it's a fast-moving, moving, rapidly evolving situation. So uh, if you had asked me that yesterday, uh, and right now when we're talking is March 12th at about 3.30 p.m., uh, I would have said that I was surprised by that. Uh, what we've seen over the last 24 hours, I'm not. In fact, when you just told me that, I wasn't aware that they'd already made that announcement. Uh, based on what I'd seen earlier in the day, I thought they might do that. So I can't say that I'm terribly surprised by you just telling me that. But if you if we, you and I had talked yesterday, I would have been surprised by it. So what I you know what I want to I guess get into uh, with you about because epidemiology is something that. Uh, you at the health department, I guess you guys, I mean, that's part of what you guys do, you know, as far as keeping an eye on diseases and, and how they affect, you know, our our region uh, and our local community. So, uh, you know, as, as, as the director, I mean, do you typically there at the, at the health department hear about, you know, these new viruses or new viruses before the public? I mean, how does that go whenever, you know, like the coronavirus? I mean, were you, were you aware of, you know, of, of that outbreak and how it was potentially going to be uh, as contagious as, as it's turned out to be? I mean, how, when did you guys find out uh, about the coronavirus? Well, I mean, I think uh, if you kind of go back, we've been working on pandemic flu plans for years and years and years at the health department. So uh, it's a central part of what we do in terms of our public health preparedness planning. Uh, In terms of this strain of coronavirus, uh, I think the first time I heard it being mentioned was early early January of 2020. Uh, I think the outbreak 
uh, was identified uh, to the world in about mid-December of 2019. Um, you know, and the first thing that I thought of when I heard coronavirus was SARS or MERS, because those are both coronaviruses, and those are things that we have watched uh, or that we watched uh, in the past, uh, that we were concerned about in the past. So, um, you know, this is an extraordinary event. Uh, I don't want to uh, downplay that, but I think that in terms of our preparedness and the course of what we normally do here at the health department, uh, this is this is kind of our core mission and, and a lot of what uh, we focused on and trained for and have worked with partners with about for, for many, many years. Um, but it's, it is a fast-moving, rapidly evolving situation, and um, we have to kind of adjust our response and the types of activities that we're focused on uh, based on the latest information, uh, based on what's actually happening in the community, and in this case, the world, because yesterday afternoon or evening, uh, the World Health Organization uh, declared it as a pandemic. Uh, and uh, I think that had a lot to do with the acceleration of a lot of the mitigation strategies that you've seen in the last 24 hours. And, you know, I think as uh, Americans, and, and especially in the public health community, uh, we're looking for every opportunity that we can to have a, a real impact on slowing or stopping the spread of this so that we could avoid um, the, you know, the, the worst possible or the or, or, or the or kind of minimize uh, the worst effects of it. So um, that's why you're seeing things like the NCAA tournament being canceled uh, while we're asking people to, to follow guidance about personal hygiene and social distancing. And, uh, you know, a lot of these, these things, as we, we talk about them just as um, uh, communicate, you know, and just these talking points and these guidelines and these suggestions that we're making, I think the average person might look at some of these and say, well, these are little things. But the key is if we can get everybody to do these things, it'll have a really big impact. And that's what's important to, to remember. So, uh, so, so yeah, well, when, you know, this is because you do this for a living. And when, whenever you see a virus like this, so what, what goes through your mind whenever you first hear about a, you know, a novel a virus you know, and, and that it spreads so easily and that it has no vaccine. Well, I mean, I think we have to rely on the science and, and what, what do we know that would be effective in, in terms of uh, controlling this and protecting the community for, from it. And uh, again, that kind of goes back to uh, what I was talking about, what sounds like common sense and simple things. Uh, if it's basically that the key is trying to convince everyone uh, to understand that the guidance that we're talking about, doesn't apply to the next guy it applies to to them and so uh you know they have to figure out how to take uh those recommendations and apply those uh to to their lives their personal lives to the lives of their family uh and in the case of of uh folks that are in charge of of organizations or in charge of you know populations of people uh heads of uh uh you know, churches and religious organizations, people that are heads of uh, different community groups that are planning activities, uh, realizing that, yes, there, there, there are um, reasons that we don't want to cancel events or while we still want to uh, kind of conjugate together in, in large groups. Uh, but uh, there may be an opportunity here to, to uh, slow the spread of this. And we should realize that in the short term, the best thing that we can do is to follow these social distancing guidelines. 
And, and you mentioned, you know, other other viruses, SARS. You know, we had the Zika virus. I mean, how rare is a, is a new virus like this? Well, I mean, I think uh, you know, there's a there's a whole uh, science of studying emerging pathogens. So, uh, you know, that's just part of the biology that. Uh, viruses evolve and new strains form and emerge. Uh, and, uh, you know, we, we several years ago, uh, we had a lot of focus on H1N1, which is a uh, strain of influenza virus. And that was a new emerging virus then. And in those first years, when after H1N1 uh, emerged, um, our population was very susceptible to it. And that's why we saw a big spike in cases. Uh, now, as years have gone on, it's kind of become just one of the run-of-the-mill varieties of flu that we see pop up seasonally. So, um, you know, no one knows for sure, uh, but we expect to, uh, to, you know, that this virus to kind of for- follow that same course. Uh, but what is happening now is because it's emerging and it's spreading uh, across the world at this point. Uh, you know, our populations haven't uh, uh, haven't developed this immunity to it. And so we have to take action. And as you mentioned earlier, there's not a vaccine. So we're left with these non-pharmaceutical interventions, uh, things like social distancing, personal hygiene, uh, you know, small disruptions to our normal lives uh, so that we can stop the spread of this. You know, and one thing that's interesting, you know, with, 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 these, with this particular virus, you know, you have those viruses out there that are disease that if you catch it, uh, as far as the mortality rates go, you know, uh, such as like Ebola, you know, and you have other even probably diseases, viruses out there that people have never even heard of, like the Lassa fever, the Rift Valley fever, uh, the Hendra virus. I mean, uh, are those types just kind of contained to various parts of the world? And that's why, you know, we don't see those sorts of things here, or, or at least the spread of those types of viruses here that people, you know, could be more fatal to the people than what they're saying, you know, the, the coronavirus is. Right. So, I mean, the the mode of transmission and the, the characteristics of every one of these pathogens and viruses is, is somewhat unique. And, um, you know, I think that you kind of, with the points that you're bringing up there, I think we should keep in perspective that, you know, 80% of the cases that they've seen so far with this COVID-19 uh, have been relatively mild symptoms. Um, you know, it only manis- manifest into the more severe uh, severe symptoms and severe effects in about 20% of those. And, you know, those primarily are folks with underlying health conditions, uh, people 60 years of age and older. And <clears throat> so, um, you know, that's both good and bad. It's good that only 80%, you know, that 80% are going to only suffer mild uh, effects of this. Uh, but it also, uh, that makes it easier to spread because folks may not stay home uh, when they're not, you know, feeling 100% or while they're symptomatic. So that's why one of our most important things that we want to tell folks is that if you're sick, you need to stay home. Uh, now, we, we want to, we've also been kind of advising folks that if you weren't, um, if you're not so sick that you wouldn't normally seek care, uh, don't seek medical care. Don't overburden the healthcare system with that. But you do need to stay home. You need to stay away from other people. You need to take care of yourself. And uh, once you recover, uh, you know, uh, that's when you can 
go about uh, getting back out uh, uh, about your, your normal life and work and going to school and those sorts of things. And you mentioned the pandemic uh, earlier. I mean, I don't, I don't recall, and maybe if ever, you know, that at least for a pandemic to be declared, I mean, maybe it hasn't, and I should have been paying attention, and, and I didn't. Uh, how rare is it, you know, for the, um, the World Health Organization to declare a pandemic? Um, you know, I'd have to do a little research to look back on that one. But a pandemic, by, by simple definition, is worldwide spread of, uh, of, of a disease. And uh, there have been other pandemics, uh, and there will be uh, ones in the future. Uh, this one, the World Health Organization, uh, was a little hesitant to declare uh, declare it officially a pandemic at first. Uh, that was primarily because uh, they didn't want countries around the world uh, to think that it was hopeless in terms of their uh, efforts to uh, stop it. Uh, but I think in the last 24 hours, that thinking had changed. Uh, they were uh, uh, said that it's obviously a pandemic at this point, and they were really pleading with countries around the world to do everything they can uh, to, to get in front of it now uh, so that they can uh, stop what could be the worst effects of, of this in terms of our worldwide population. And and and, and I guess there is a line, and, and we've talked about some of this already as far as, you know, being, as far as the panic of it all, but there is a line between being prudent and then panicking over over this. Um, I don't know where the line is, but you know, you, you know, you hear people talking about, you know, they can't find, you know, sanitizer anywhere. They can't find toiletries or other hygiene pro- products anywhere. Um, and it seems like that's what people are, are, are sort of doing right now is panicking. Well, and I, I, I've used this line a lot over the last two or three weeks and that this isn't a time for anyone to panic, but it is a time for everyone to take it seriously. And so where I would draw the line between panic and taking it seriously is we don't want you to run out there uh, and hoard supplies. You shouldn't be running out there and you shouldn't be stigmatizing or targeting anyone uh, that is sick. Uh, but what you should be doing is is seriously uh, looking at these social distancing guidelines, these things like washing your hands frequently, uh, if you can't get hand sanitizer, um, use soap and water. Uh, it is uh, actually better than hand sanitizer. Uh, if soap and water is not available and you have hand sanitizer available, it's the second best substitute. Uh, stay home if you're sick. Uh, you know, if you're an employer, don't let your employees work sick. Employers have to also realize that they need to support their employees. A lot of folks don't have paid sick uh, this is the time for all employers to evaluate that and realize that you don't want to compel somebody or, or make somebody feel compelled to work while they're sick because that's going to harm other coworkers. It's going to harm their community. Uh, so really, I think by taking it seriously, look at the guideline that's being put out. Look at the things that public health is suggesting for everyone. Think about how you apply those to your own life and then take action. Um, that's, that's the definition of taking it seriously. And don't do things uh, like hoarding supplies or being irrational. Uh, that would be panic. Uh, so we don't want folks to panic, but we do want them to take it seriously and take positive steps that are going to help themselves, help their families, and help their community. So how, how, many, how many counties do you, do you guys oversee? Uh, Green River District Health Department covers seven counties. And we are Davis, Hancock, 
Henderson, Ohio, Union, and Webster. So what's the approximate population we're talking about here? Uh, we're about 215 to about 220,000 if, if you combine all seven counties. So if, if you have a case of coronavirus reported in your coverage area, what would be you, you know your role uh, as, as, as the health department in this? So at March 12th at 3.46 p.m., uh, we are still uh, in the, kind of our response phase that if a positive case comes, comes up, uh, we will be doing a very intensive contact investigation on that case, uh, talking to the, to the individual, finding out who they've had contact with uh, in recent time, uh, tracing back to those contacts, evaluating them to, to see if uh, they ha are exhibiting any symptoms, uh, or what risk level we would assess that contact to be, whether it's a low, medium, or high risk, uh, depending on uh, what that risk level is. We'll be taking different actions. It could be we ask folks to self-quarantine. It could be that we ask people just to monitor themselves for, for uh, uh, symptoms. Um, and, you know, we're, we're still in a phase where we're actively trying to contain any case that's reported. Yeah. Well, Clay, I appreciate your, your time uh, talking with me about this. Um, it's, it's something that uh, it, none of us have ever encountered. I mean, here at the newspaper, I mean, that's the, pretty much the only thing we're writing about right now. And, um, and it's, it's something that, uh, as, a, as a journalist, I, I never thought I would be, you know, part of. Right, yeah, we're living in extraordinary times for sure. Uh, uh, but again, uh, I, I think that just if we could reemphasize, uh, there are things that people can do, uh, and so they should should take that seriously, and they need to take those steps. So uh, one last time, remember, wash your hands frequently, stay home if you're sick, uh, and uh, you know if there are questions that come up specifically about coronavirus, uh, we have a 800 number set up for the state of Kentucky. That number is one 800 722 5725. Uh, if, if folks uh, can't get the information that they need from our website, which is kycovid19.ky.gov, it's kycovid19.ky.gov. Uh, we're keeping that up to date uh, frequently. The very latest news for Kentucky about COVID 19 is going to be posted there. Uh, I suggest people visit it regularly, uh, but if that doesn't answer their questions, they should call this hotline, 1-800-722-5725, and a real person will talk to you and uh, uh, get to the answers that you need about COVID virus. Thank you for your time, Clay. Thanks, Don. Appreciate you doing the story. Yes, thanks. Bye. And that will wrap up our show for this week. I want to thank Health Director Clay Horton for joining me. To send us questions or to provide feedback, email us at newscast at messenger-inquire.com. Remember, you can find us on the Messenger Inquire's website, Facebook, and Apple Podcast, where you can subscribe to Inquire. Until next time, I'm Don Wilkinson. Good day for Inquire.